This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got a brand new sponsor, and it's a product that a lot of you clones already know about. It's Kalo Rings, the functional wedding ring. Unlike traditional wedding rings, they're made from silicone, and they allow you to keep your ring on when a traditional metal wedding ring will not work. They're designed to wear when you're at the gym, working outdoors, doing water sports, or working around the house. They're great for firefighters, police, military, and mechanics. Athletes wear them as well. You'll see Nick Foles wearing one during the big game. His wife wears one also. They have tons of designs and colors, something for everybody, for both men and women. You can find them right now online at Kalo.com or at Dick Sporting Goods, Bass Pro Shop, and Academy Sports. Use the discount code Jim Rome at QALO.com. QALO.com and get 10% off. Kalo.com. Jim, when the Eagles win, every business in Philadelphia and the area is booming. The restaurants are full. The people are on the streets. There's more lovemaking. There's more happiness. The, the number of children named Nick born after oh, the why, 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 after is there, why is there more lovemaking? I mean, are, are guys hornier or are the wives in yes, a better mood? Both. What are, the, what, the women are hornier too. Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. Welcome to the Bold North where I'm dropping this pod in the middle of Super Bowl week from Minneapolis. Now, one of the great things about going to Radio Row is access. I get a chance to talk to people that I normally would not get to run down. And because of that, I thought that I would turn this week's pod into a Super Bowl deep dive. Now, if you listen to this podcast for outside-the-box conversations like the ones I've had with Jay Williams, Chris Heron, Gary Vee, or Michael Franzis, you'll get plenty more of that in the future. If you listen to the podcast for the voicemails, you'll even get those in just a moment or so against my better judgment. But when you travel 2,000 miles to Minneapolis for Super Bowl 52, and you've got guys like Dan Shaughnessy and Dave Spadaro willing to sit down and chop it up, I'm going to crack open a mic and get after it. My man Dan Shaughnessy, he needs no introduction. He is one of the all-time great sports columnists. He is the winner of the J.G. Spink Award presented at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. He is a Boston institution. He is here to break down the Pats. Now, you may or may not know Dave Spadaro, but if you're an Eagles fan, you know this guy. You're locked into his Twitter feed. You're mainlining the content that he churns out every single day. He's tweeting videos from Radio Row. His Eagles Live podcast drops every single Thursday, and he's been covering that team since 1987, arguably the foremost inside authority on the Eagles. You want to sound smarter at your Super Bowl party on Sunday? Give me less than an hour, and then you can thank Fan Smack later. Pot up, 
We're diving into Super Bowl 52 right after this word from Lumber Liquidators. It's a new year and we all want to elevate our game to that next level and make 2018 the best year ever. If you're a contractor or a builder or a remodeler, listen up because elevating your game this year just got a whole lot easier thanks to my pals at Lumber Liquidators and their new LL Pro Plus program. LL Pro Plus is Lumber Liquidators' new pro services team that you can call for all of your professional flooring needs. LL Pro Plus will help you absolutely crush it this year with professional pricing and dedicated support to get you what you need when you need it most. And it will help you get all your projects finished on time. LL Pro Plus gives you the ultimate value and quality with LL Pro Plus. No job is too large, no job is too small. So put the flooring experts on your team today. Visit your local Lumber Liquidator store or go to LumberLiquidators.com. That's LumberLiquidators.com. Hey, listen. Most airlines allow you one carry-on and one personal item. And despite all the sideways looks that I got when I boarded my Minnesota Bird this past Sunday, I actually physically dragged my answering machine with me onto the airplane. So don't ever say that I don't give you exactly what you want. Because I literally brought the voicemails on the road with me this week. And now the only question is, am I going to bring it back with me to SoCal or leave it to freeze over once and for all in Minnesota for the rest of time? Let's go ahead and find out. You have five new messages. First new message. Yo, Romy, just listen to the new podcast. It's fucking amazing. Keep what you're doing. You're doing awesome. Love the pod. Love the show. Love you. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Message saved. Next message. Romy, Russell, South Carolina. I love you, brother. I watched the Pegasus horse race. I love the race. But the build-up. A half an hour, I watch horses' asses. Really? And then to find out that Rob Ryan owned a fucking winning horse? Are you kidding me? He can't coach a football team, but he can coach a horse? Later. Love you. Out. Message deleted. Next message. Rome, Tim, Jeremy, Utica, New York, representing Chowd Nation, AFC, Bohica, baby, Tommy Terrific, and the hoodie strike again. Jacksonville complaining about the refs. That's what losers do, Jim. Now war fat Philly fans ordering their cheesesteak with whiz and tears, just like 04. Message deleted. Next message. This is Joe, and I have a message for Child Nation from Philly fan. You know Philly fan. We're the ones who pelted Santa with snowballs, threw full cans of beer at opposing jerseys who ran full speed into a light pole, shook it off, spit out a couple chiclets and said, who's got next? What? You guys up there in Boston think you've done something because you threw a few cases of tea in the water a few years ago? This just in. The birthplace of our great nation is Philadelphia. You're welcome. The Eagles' defense is mean and it's pissed off, and we're coming for Brady. Message deleted. Next message. I want you to bring it real. Like, I hate sports. I love my husband, and he likes sports, but I hate sports. Like, God, now I see you, and you're wearing silver. I think I might make that uh, the silver color on my house. Anyways, I just want you to know that you are loved, you are appreciated. I talked about you a lot today. 
And I did, I've done a lot of thinking throughout the years, and that's what you need to do. So have a good night. Sweet dreams. Message saved. You have no more messages. All right, then. Let's start with a positive. That's over. What the hell just happened? One moment I'm listening to a Dan in Denver knockoff, give props to the podcast. The very next, I've got Rex in South Carolina telling me that Rob Ryan just cashed a $7 million check at the Pegasus Cup. Hey, Rex, it's Steve Asmussen. I know him. He actually trains one of our horses. He's a two-time Eclipse Award winner and a Hall of Famer, not an overweight, unemployed football coach. And how about that hack-off that just broke out between Chow Nation and Philly fan? Cheesesteak and Boston Tea Party smack? Terrible. But now I'm going to bring it real. I've got no freaking idea what the hell that lady is talking about. I'm not wearing silver. I don't own any silver. I'm not even sure that I've ever worn silver. But I'm glad that you love your husband and you hate sports and yet still found your way onto my voicemail box. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for loving me and appreciating me and doing a lot of thinking over the years. Good job there. Sweet dreams. Football fans, cross off that bucket list and find the best selection of Super Bowl tickets at StubHub. All 100% guaranteed by FanProtect. Plus, at StubHub, you will get an exclusive all-star experience before the game, free with your Super Bowl ticket. You will get full access to Target Field so you can practice your throw with NFL Hall of Famers. You can experience a live Jim Rome broadcast and much more. And did we mention, it is free at StubHub for a game this big. Choose the very best. StubHub, your ticket out. So we took the podcast on the road. We're at Radio Row, the Mall of America, Super Bowl 52. I am joined right now by an award-winning senior sports columnist for the Boston Globe. He has been named the Massachusetts Sports Writer of the Year 11 times, the author of 12 books. He has been named a top 10 columnist by the AP Sports Editors, an amazing 11 times, a man that I consider a good friend, a jungle legend, Dan Shaughnessy, right here on the set. My man, I cannot tell you how happy I am to see you. What's up, Dan? We get together once a year, feels like, on these things at your big stage here at the Super Bowl, and it's nice to be back. It's great to see you, and all those great years are going down for Jim Romer's burning, and Man, that was a lot of fun we had, and it's, uh, it's amazing that the themes that were going on all those years ago are still going on in our region. No, it's, it's the truth, isn't it? In fact, from the outside looking in, I can't imagine a time where it's been better in your region. Just to set the stage, though, how long have you been with the Globe, and how long have you been covering Boston sports? This is embarrassing, but my first story in the Globe was in 1973. Uh, I did go to Baltimore for six years, but I've been at the Globe full-time since 81, and a columnist since 89. So... Uh, We've seen it all, and this is uh, really, in this century, obviously the high renaissance, uh, 10 parades. They're hoping for an 11th one on Tuesday. And uh, all four teams won a championship in a period of six years and four months. No city will ever do that. No, that's amazing. All right, so it's been another fascinating year for the Patriots. The hoodie maybe driving a wedge between Tom Brady and his guru, Alex Guerrero. Brady playing as well as he ever has at 40. That ESPN piece speculating that this might be the end of the big three. All of that and the fact, Dan, that these guys really aren't into telling anybody anything. So what's it like to cover that team? And then what's this year been like for you? Well, these guys would have made the greatest POWs 
in the history of warfare. I mean, you're not going to get anything, and, and everybody celebrates that. They're good at it. That said, I thought the ESPN story, the thrust of that was true, I thought, that Seth Wickersham did a good job. And I think there is uh, infighting, and there is jealousy, and there is who's getting the credit. And the, the two sticking points were, one, that Alex Guerrero, Tom's guru, his trainer guy, uh, got taken off the sideline, taken off the team plane, the hotels, and basically out of the facility. And uh, that wasn't, Tom didn't like that. That's understandable. There was a feeling that he was over, you know, overruling or undermining the, the training staff. You know how teams get about that. So you had that, and that was uh, Tom not feeling good. And Tom wanting a demonstration of loyalty, which I believe came out with the trading of Jimmy Garoppolo in late October for a bag of balls, a second-round pick. And, you know, the guy went off and killed it in San Francisco after that. So it looks to me like Belichick had a plan in place, a plan of succession. And then Brady outlived it. And no one can account for that. So something had to be done. The owner wasn't going to pay $52 million for two quarterbacks next year. And uh, Bill was forced to do something he didn't want to do, which was give away Garoppolo. He found a good home for him, and now he's got to go back to the drawing board. I believe that those things left some hard feelings within the triumvirate of Bob Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady. But those things do not pre prohibit them from doing what they want to do, which is win another Super Bowl. Yeah, it's not going to affect us this Sunday, but going forward, it might. A lot to unpack in what you just said, starting with Garoppolo. Did they, <laughs> obviously, if they got a bag of balls for him, you feel like they didn't get enough for him. I mean, they got a second-round pick. It's just this guy, he looks like he could be a franchise quarterback. And it's so hard. He, Bill identified the guy. They brought him along. They had him four years. He's going to, he might end up with three rings the way the thing works. And uh, then goes off and, and takes a team five straight wins at the end. I think he's 7-0 and his career as a starter. He's probably not that good. But this is the kind of thing that can make you look bad later on. I mean, Lou Gorman went to his grave feeling bad about trading Jeff Bagwell for a bag of balls in, in 1988. And that stuff stays with you. And I don't think Bill wants that on his resume. I don't think he wanted to do it. I think the owner told him he had to do it. I was going to say, if you had to guess who pulled the trigger on that deal, Belichick, Kraft, or Brady? And if the owner did it, was it at the behest Thank of Tom you. Brady? What you just said, the latter, that's it. And again, you know, Bob Kraft ordered the code red, but he did it as a demonstration of loyalty to Tom Brady. Hmm. Dan Shaughnessy joining us. I mean, did Belichick, did, did he want to trade uh, Garoppolo on any level? I don't believe so. I think he would have traded Brady first. I know that sounds ridiculous. The guy's going to be MVP, you know, his greatest quarterback of all time, eighth Super Bowl. But, you know, Bill, the, he, they have never let emotion get in the way. You can go back to, you know, Lawyer Malloy, uh, Logan Mankins, just Richard Seymour. It's like, see you later. They get rid of him before it's too late. And in Tom's case, Tom has mixed up the philosophy on this because he's playing at the great level at 40 and maybe going to go even longer. But in Belichick's view, what do you want? The next five years of Jimmy G or the next five years of, of Tom Brady? All right, so Kraft. Kraft, forget for a minute that he loves Tom Brady. Just put that aside. If Kraft had gone to Belichick and said, hey, listen, what do we do here, Bill? What do we do? It's Brady or Garoppolo. I'm going to leave it up to you. <laughs> do you think yes. Belichick would have selected Garoppolo over Brady? I believe that. because this, this is the first time that loyalty got in the way of them making football decisions, I believe. Hmm. All right, so then what about Alex Guerrero? I mean, is he enough of a problem to Belichick that he could, quote, go Yoko on all of them and break up that band? Well, I think that it got in the way, and I think there was an issue with, uh, you know, players not wanting to lift dumbbells or do the things. It was like, well, Alex says don't do that. So the training staff's getting undermined. And then, you know, Tom has some favorites. Edelman was one. He throws two after practice. Stick around. I'll do that. And I think some of the new guys wanted to be that guy. Hey, can I be the guy you work out with after practice? And uh, it's like, well, go see Alex, and then we'll talk kind of thing. And I think with, when Bill got wind of that, that that stuff was going on, and I can't prove that stuff was going on. That's just my opinion, and we did hear this from other people, that uh, Bill was like, you know what, enough of this. And I think he was hacked off about the presence of the guy, and uh, it works for Tom, it's great, 
maybe it's placebo effect, maybe he's found something, I don't know. I mean, Hightower's in the program, out for the year. Edelman's in the program, out for the year, non-contact injury. You cannot insulate yourself, make yourself bulletproof from, from injuries, and I believe that the TB12 method to that end is bogus. I want to go, okay, I want to go right back to that point in a minute, but in terms of Brady, if it works for him or he thinks it works for him, that's great for him. Yeah. But I could see where the team would be upset if all of a sudden guys started to go there. Yeah. I mean, if you had to put a number on it, Dan, I mean, how many guys are we talking about? Five guys, ten guys, it was in half the team? Of, in excess of 25 guys. 25 guys. Yes. We've got to get their work in there. Yes. So then the team wants you using their trainers. They start to lose control, and you've got 25 guys. Now, the point that you just made, where, where do you come out on Brady and Guerrero's so-called alternative training methods? Are you a believer, or does it all seem pretty quackish to you? It is the latter. It feels like uh, the purview of bottom feeders. I don't like it. I think that it's a... I think it's irresponsible to present something that is not scientifically proven and it will prevent you from getting injured. Hey, it's great to eat right and train right and drink a lot of water, all those things, but a lot of it is bunk. Yeah, but Dan, doesn't drinking a lot of water prevent sunburn? That stuff, the stuff. And, you know, this is a man who has presented himself as a doctor and is not a doctor. He's been sanctioned by the feds a couple times. And, again, we all make mistakes when we were young. That could have happened. It's just it's odd that Tom has hitched his wagon to this guy who is the godfather of Tom's child. So they're clearly very close. Look at the way they look at each other. Watch the videos. They're close. And uh, this is where he has attached his wagon. This is his future. He wants to be global with TB12 and all around the world. This is what people will do to uh, to live longer and live better, and athletes can, can play better at a, at a later age. All well said, except you also added one line, and I quote, we all love QB12, but Tom Brady is becoming Tom Cruise right in front of our eyes. What do you mean by that? Well, yeah, he's just a, a couple of weeks away from jumping off the couch with Oprah. I mean, this has been, it's just, he wasn't that guy 12, 15 years ago. He never talked about himself. He never had a brand. He, he rejected. We all made fun of Peyton Manning being out there selling all this stuff all the time. Tom has not just selling stuff. He has attached himself to a way of life, and it is all in. And that is the notion that you're, you're advertising during the AFC Championship game. What if you broke your collarbone in the second half? I, I look at, I'm Irish. I think of everything as bad luck. You don't say, hey, I can't get hurt. I'm bulletproof from this stuff. It's just bad karma. And so far, it's all worked out for him. And he has had the greatest 40-year-old year in the history of quarterbacking. And there's no reason he can't keep doing it, I suppose, with what they have. But I'm not a fan of uh, the notion that in, I, I still stick with Father Time is undefeated. And he has been lucky on top of prepared. Let me ask you this, and I would never ever pose this question about this guy because the way he goes about his work, but is it more and more now about the TB12 method and its promotion and maybe less about football and its preparation? Well, the the product on the field indicates that everything is what you want. So there's there's no drop off there. The team is in, they're going to win the Super Bowl, I believe, and he had this MVP year. So I think it's unfair to to try and say, well, it's affecting what he's there to do, but just the presentation and the outside noise is far different. You never would have seen him talk as much about an injury as he did last week, kind of play up this thing with the glove and the hand. I mean, before it was just name, rank, and serial number, and that was it. And I think that's why I think Belichick was, was pushing back a little bit last week when he said, hey, the guy didn't have open heart surgery. I think that's a little bit of the whole tension that we're talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, that was kind of passive-aggressive. That wasn't like a throwaway line to me. That yeah. wasn't just some joke. So how would you describe the relationship between Brady and Belichick right now? Are they as close as they used to be? 
I think not, and I think it won't end well. It never ends well. Tom's dad said the New York Times last year, it won't end well in New England. We understand that. Doesn't mean they can't win some more Super Bowls, but I think that uh, people are going to you know, take care of themselves. And this legacy question, we're doing a piece in the Sunday Globe. They're making the writers choose who's more responsible for this dynasty, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. It's very easy to say, well, it's 50-50 and all that. But they are making us choose. Have you written your part yet? Have you chosen? I'm going to choose. Can you give me a preview? I'm going to choose Bill Belichick. How come? I mean, you can do either one and make a great case for it. But, I mean, you can go back to the, the Matt Castle year where they, they win 11 games a year. Tom's not there. Uh, Jacoby Brissett winning games. You know, Jimmy G winning games. And, again, it's, hey, Bill didn't win anything in Cleveland without Tom Brady. So you can do this both ways. Easy to do. If I have to choose, I have never seen a greater disparity. The Patriots go into every game, Jim, with a 10-point lead because of Bill Belichick. It's worse than ever. The other coaches are all stooges. They are afraid of Bill Belichick. There's no one that will stand up to him. A succession, a, a succession of tomato cans on down the line. Harbaugh could play him. Coughlin could play him. There's guys. We haven't seen them this year. It's getting worse. And Jim, figure it out. They're going to score at the end of the first half. Why can't you prevent that if you know that's going to happen? It's happened like 12 straight games. Work the clock backwards. Don't screw up your clock management. Don't blow your timeouts. Don't blow your challenges. When you kick off the ball, don't blast it through the end zone. They're kicking it to the two and then smothering you with the 18. They're picking up seven yards in that every time. It's the same stuff. I don't even know football. Why can't they figure this stuff out? Dan, cover your ears for a minute, all right? Dan fucking Shaughnessy if you need him. Now, listen, I want to go back to the Stooges that he's beaten in a minute, but Ugh. to your point before that, how does this thing end? And I'm chuckling when I ask you this because you've been there long enough. You've seen how everything has ended. <laughs> how is it going to end with Belichick and Brady? What's the off-ramp for these guys? Well, that's where the Kraft thing comes in because Kraft has, will, will choose Brady on, on this. It is the fifth son and emotion getting in the way, and Bob's a very emotional guy. So I think that uh, I think Belichick is, is the unhappy one at the end. It's hard to know. Both guys, Bill's going to be 66 next year. Tom's going to be 41. I mean, theoretically, the coach can go longer. I don't know. But if anyone's going to leave abruptly, it would be Belichick. Will, will their last game be Sunday together? No, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. They can't now. I mean, McDaniels and, and Patricia are leaving. Uh, Jimmy G's gone. Someone would be really screwed if they if they all if either one of them left because there's right. nothing there. All right, Dan, you mentioned all the stooges that Belichick has turned inside out. What about Doug Peterson? Do you see him as a stooge? Uh, he seems like a really nice guy. You know, it's here just, it comes. But I'm sorry, the notion that he's going to beat Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. Look at the records of guys who have never coached against him. Look at the idea that you've got two weeks. And Doug Peterson, God bless him, he ran that drive when Andy Reid was coaching the team in a 27-20 playoff win the Patriots had against the Chiefs two years ago. And they used six minutes a clock and gave the Patriots the ball back with a minute left in the game. They needed two touchdowns. It's the kind of thing... It's Malachi got fired after his performance against the Patriots in the playoffs. You can go back to Del Rio, go back to... I mean, it's it's a, a cast of that. Mike Tomlin in the game Pittsburgh. They should have won that game. Yep. And it wasn't just the, the call. It was not being prepared after the call, the things they do. They all lose their minds. They lose their way. They wet their pants when they see Bill Belichick. All right. <laughs> so let me try to make an argument the other way. How much of a hack can this guy be when he got to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles as his quarterback? <laughs> Evidently, all the football, the football people I know tell me they have the better team. The Eagles have the better team. But they're not going to win the Super Bowl with I don't Nick even Foles. think we need to be a football person to know they have more talent. They do. <laughs> this isn't one of the better Patriot teams that we have had at the Super Bowl. It is not. You go back to 3 4 monster defenses, you know, and more options on the weapons for Tom, all those things. But everybody has fallen down. The teams that could have given them trouble, they all went away. The Chiefs went away. The Ravens went away. In this round, the Falcons... Drew Brees, all more threats. It's just, it's a tall order. 
There's an old saying Napoleon used to say, you know, um, never interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake. And that is the Patriots' mantra. The other mantra comes from, you know, a, a Chinese warrior, which is, if you stand by the river long enough, the bodies of your enemies will float by. And that's what the Patriots do. They just, they stay the course, they do the same, and then everybody falls down in front of them. You got, any more, you got any more of those? That's pretty much it. What about their fans? Now, in terms of vitriol, venom, hate, the Philadelphia fan base... How do they mark or how do they rank up against some of the truly angry fan bases that you know and you've seen? <laughs> I called Terry Francona to talk about this this week because he managed in Philly for four years. He would know better than anybody. Boston for eight years. And he had this great story of driving. He's driving to spring training. The Red Sox have won the World Series. And he has bad memories of his years in Philly. They slashed his tires on Fan Appreciation Day, and they had to move his spot in the parking lot. And, and they'd have security for him when he'd go back to scout in Philly and just all kinds of stuff. And he said he's driving on 95 South coming into into Florida to go to spring training and he sees all the all the double wides and SUVs festooned with Philly stuff with Eagle stuff driving north on 95 he realizes they have lost the Super Bowl in Jacksonville and they're driving north back to Philly and he starts giving the finger and honking his horn at all these vehicles <laughs> passing him on 95 right that's Tito and he said he went back to help one of his photographer friends and in, in work in the Eagles game against the Niners in an end zone. This is like eight years after he had managed in Philly, and he's in the end zone before the game with equipment, photo equipment, and he, there's a chant starts up at Lincoln Field, Tito sucks, Tito sucks. <laughs> and the players were thinking that they were saying T.O. He goes, right. no, no, this is me. This is for me. No, it was for him. You know Philly it was fans. for him. They're the best. Yeah, that's amazing. Listen, you've been there so long. Who are some of the most difficult athletes not that you care. You have a job that you've yeah. always done your job. And you understand what you signed up for. But as you look back over the decades, who were some of the most difficult or challenging guys you had to deal with and cover? Uh, Nomar. It's a bad one for me. No reason for it either. He was so good. He said, you know what? Exactly. Guy hit 372 exactly. in the big leagues. What, why was Nomar, and I remember speaking to him, and he would do the show, and then not... And he was beloved in the region. Why was he so it tough? Was, I cannot believe that's the first name you would mention. Why was that guy so tough? It was pathological. He had some inner hatred of the media. He was a high school soccer star in Southern California, not a real fan of the sports, but he played and he was great. Comes to the big leagues. He had 372 as a right-handed hitter in the big leagues. It's impossible. He was great. Hall of Fame track, all those things. He hated us. He looked at us like we were standing in puddles of you-know-what. And it was just, there was never a comfortable moment. And uh, again, I mean, good luck to him with his family and his career and all that stuff. And I, I wish, I wish he hadn't got hurt because he was, he was as good as any of them. That whole class of with A. Rod and Jeter, and he was right there. So let me flip that over. Who are some of your favorite guys over the years to cover in uh, that market? Yeah, we had a million. We, you know, guys. I just talked to Bobby Orr this morning. You know, you know Bobby Orr. He's you love Bobby the Orr, greatest hockey player of all time. And he's still humble in the whole thing. Uh, you know, Larry Bird. Getting to cover Larry Bird. Love DJ and miss DJ. Uh, just been really blessed with the people we've had to cover and, and right through. And, they, and they're still there. The teams are all still good, and, and they're going deep in the playoffs again. Let me ask you this. You are the oldest of the old school. You and I used to laugh back in the day yeah. when you said that you would never get a cell phone because they were, quote, just a fad. It was just a fad. Not, not one of your better takes, but you've had a million <laughs> Hall of Fame takes. Yet, Dan, here you are, the oldest of the old school, still killing it in the age of the Internet and social media. How are you doing it, and how do you like the world as it is now? It's true. Like This morning I came into the media center here, went down to the media lounge, and there's donuts down there, and the donut has Nick Foles' name and number on it. I, and I took a picture of it, and I tweeted it out, and I said, Bill <laughs> Belichick literally can eat Nick Foles for breakfast today. You can do that. So that's, that's how far I've come, Jim. I've got, I've got the tweeting and uh, the phone. 
I did. When they gave me the phone, I was working with you back then. and It, it was a flip phone. That was bad. And you didn't want it. And you were like the last of the Mohicans before you even got a flip phone. Yeah, I had some bad things with my kids. I would try to text them, and it was, they would say... Didn't go well, did it? Is this in German? You know, I, just, I couldn't make spaces between the words. It's better now. It's better, but it's never going to be what it should be. I still rely on them. I had to have my son change my avatar on Twitter to a tomato can for these last couple of weeks because that's the theme of the Patriots opponents. I thought you did that yourself. I don't know how to do that. And listen, the kids are good for that, aren't they? They always, yeah. if there's any issue technologically, they know it. Yeah. You know what's amazing how different this whole thing is? Like when I got into TV in the 90s for the first time, the print guys could not look at me or anybody else in the electronic media with more disdain. Right. And then all those assholes want to be on TV, so we put them on right. TV. I mean, damn, the world, never mind newspapers being a dinosaur. The TV's a dinosaur. This is your new TV right here, the iPhone. So when a kid comes up to you and says, oh, my God, Dan Shaughnessy, I want to be in the sports media. Yeah. I mean, the advice is not what I used to give them. What do you tell somebody who wants to get in now? I tell them to talk to other young people. It's like, really, it's like the, the, we're the covered wagon. It doesn't apply. What we did does not apply anymore. But I will say this. Try and find out what's happening around you and tell me what's happening around you. Try and do a little primary source, first-hand reporting. Don't send me an email from, from college and tell me what you think of the Celtics. I don't give a shit what you think of the Celtics. You're 20 years old. It doesn't matter to me. Tell me what you think about the Emerson College team. I understand they have a seven-footer there. Tell me about him. Tell me what's around me. Get off the couch. Get out and talk to people. Learn things. Tell me things that I can't know by just listening to talk radio and hearing everybody else's opinion. Bam. Preach. The game itself. I know you think the Pats are going to win. They win all their games, except when they go up against Coughlin, by six or less. Do you expect a win and a close game? That's a good point. People forget. They've all been close. All of them. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I'm going to say like 31-24 Patriots. Okay. Just a couple of old guys chopping it up, but oh cool old guys who are still in the game, and you cannot run us off, and Dan Shaughnessy and his brand have never been stronger. Dan, I can't say how happy I am to see you. Great. I know you got a lot going on this week. I really appreciate the time for that podcast. Thanks, Jim. Really enjoyed it. Take a look in the mirror. What is it that you didn't do last year that you absolutely have to do in 2018? Work out more, lose weight, make more money, be a better person. All these things are admirable, but the single most important thing that you can do to improve your health, well-being, and energy is to stop snoring and get yourself a Zipa. If you snore, you need to stop. Snoring is not sleeping. Every time you snore, both you and those next to you do not get quality sleep. How sleep deprivation impacts your life is immeasurable. What is proven is that Zipa is guaranteed to stop snoring, and what better way to start your year? Get a Zipa. Go to ZYPPAH.com. Make this new year a new you. Do not procrastinate. Go to Zipa.com. That's ZYPPAH.com. Let's agree that 2018 is the year for you to stop snoring. If you already use a Zipa, great. If it's been six months or more, you need a new Zipa. Remember, snoring is rude, it's disrespectful, and it's embarrassing. Can you imagine sleeping over at somebody's house and then you start snoring? Relationships are in constant strain because snoring keeps people from staying in the same bed all night. This is your opportunity. Get a Zipa. Go to ZYPPAH.com. Make this new year a new you. Zipa.com. That's ZYPPAH.com. I'm joined right now by a Philadelphia Eagles insider. 30 years experience in this business. He is the host of Eagles Live. It's a podcast. He appears as a sideline reporter during the preseason. He makes frequent appearances on Fox 29, other local media outlets including Comcast Sportsnet and WIP. He has a cult following in Philadelphia. He knows the Eagles inside and out. 
330,000 people follow him on Twitter at Eagles Insider. Dave Spadero is my guest. David, it's great to see you on the row. How are you? Jim, it is my honor, and thank you for the great introduction. Yeah, the Eagles' uh, big business, you might say. Great, I, a great following. It's funny you say that. I was going to say content is your business, and business is booming with the Eagles. Yeah. Right about now, business is good. How you living? How does it feel to be Dave Spadero right this minute? You know, there's been so many of those 30 years, so many near misses. Five NFC Championship game appearances prior to this year. One Super Bowl appearance. And... Growing up an Eagles fan, wanting one thing and then being disappointed so many times, Jim. So to get back to this point, in a year that has really been unexpected, I mean, the Eagles are one year ahead of what everybody's schedule kind of was. It was going to be a nice step from 7-9 to nine last year to the playoffs this year, and then Carson Wentz takes over the NFL next season, and the Eagles become a dynasty. All of a sudden, the Eagles are 13-3, and three, playing great football, and Carson's on the sidelines. So... It's remarkable. I think that the world of Eagles fans has been united with this team even more so than in the early 2000s. There was always some fans who didn't like Andy Reid or they didn't like Donovan McNabb or they didn't like T.O. Everybody's on board with this underdog team. So I was going to say, what is that? I mean, they look, they might have been a year ahead of schedule, but they were not the underdog when they were tearing it up when they were 13-3, and three, and Wentz was a different guy. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden we're talking about him being a franchise quarterback, being an MVP. So what is it about this group that everybody's on board with and that makes them different than others? Very likable head coach uh, who was mocked when he was hired, Doug Peterson Eagles. Prior, when they let Chip Kelly go, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, used the term emotional intelligence. And everybody's like, what in the world? Is this Oprah? I mean, what is this? How did that play, by the way, in a tough, tough blue-collar well, town like Philly? Well. So, emotional intelligence. So when Doug was hired... He I got was your seen, emotional intelligence, exactly. right? Exactly. He was seen as the lapdog, the yes-man, the pushover, not qualified. Uh, and then they go draft Carson, and they go 7-9 and nine last year, and then they just knock everybody's socks off this year. And so that has really unified everybody. It starts with, why are they likable? The head coach is very likable. The quarterback, Carson, is just a caring, God-loving kid who wants to play football, hunt, and spread the word. The locker room brings in players like Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi, these very diverse personalities. It turns out, when you throw them all in the locker room pot, it's made this beautiful chemistry. And they've related to the hard scrabble ways of philadelphia there's no overriding star that is me 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 this is all about a team so it's been a really really fun journey this season all right so we all know there's never been a super bowl championship for this town kind of give me the mindset like take me inside the mind of a philadelphia eagle fan you know this whatever you want to call it the anger the vitriol the venom number one is it any different than it is anywhere else and if it is different, what is it exactly? I think it's not the, the knucklehead version that the Eagles are getting this reputation for, which, look, nobody condones heckling, nastiness, fighting in the stands. This is football. This is entertainment. This is supposed to be fun. But I will argue that that happens everywhere in the NFL and in all of sports and, in, unfortunately, throughout society. When you are drinking, when you are angry, this comes out. So I don't condone it, but I say it's not exclusive to Philadelphia. But I think the mindset of a Philadelphia sports fan is in a world of the Giants fans are here, the, the, the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Ravens, the, the Patriots, everybody's won a Super Bowl and they're embarrassed. And it's come down to let's win a Super Bowl before we die. And, and that's really what it is, Jim. The Eagles fans 
are, are completely desperate to win a Super Bowl. In many, for many people, the, 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 the town, all they want to do is beat the Dallas Cowboys. Well, it's changed now. Little old ladies tell the head coach, hey, whatever you do, make sure you beat the Dallas Cowboys. Now it's, whatever you do, please win a Super Bowl before I die. That is the mindset of the Philadelphia sports fan. We've had terrible sports teams in the last five or six years. Eagles hadn't won a playoff game since 2008. There's this cauldron of, of frustration and anger and angst and embarrassment. You know, it's really interesting, Dave, because I would say to you, look, when I was a kid and my teams did not do well, I was inconsolable. Like, yeah. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to catch a bunch of shit from everybody who knows that this is my favorite team. But then I kind of grew up and I got into this business and I became impartial and objective because I'm a nationally syndicated host. I would then go as far as to say, if your mood or your happiness in life is determined by how the local team does, you're screwed because you have no control. I know that you would argue different. In fact, you had a great quote. Quote, if a writer says that the Eagles winning or losing doesn't affect them, bullshit. When the Eagles win, everything in this city is better. Absolutely. Business you know, is booming I guess, for everyone. Right? It is. Yeah. It really does look, impact. You live in California, right? Yeah, if, right. If your team loses, you're jumping into I the I go to ocean. the beach. Right. Philadelphia, a great city, one of the most visited cities in this country, It sports means everything. It's generation to generation to generation, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. And when you walk around and you can boast and brag, and you're mocked by other fans because they have the rings, and these other fans are nasty toward Eagles fans, so it becomes this whole back-and-forth bully nonsense crap. Jim, when the Eagles win... Every business in Philadelphia and the area is booming. The restaurants are full. The people are on the streets. There's more lovemaking. There's more, there's more happiness. The, the number of children named Nick born after well, the why, why, why is there, why is there more lovemaking? I mean, are, are guys hornier or are the wives in yes, a better mood? Both, what are, the what are the women are hornier too. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles mean everything to these people. Eagles have Dude, I mean, no wonder they want it so badly, it's man. Been not, They're going to get some. Jim, it's They're going to get some. <laughs> it's been since 1960 yeah. since they won a championship. Think about that. For sure. So that it, it, this a win Sunday would, would change the entire disposition. And I will say this, and I did a, earlier today a, an interview with a New England radio station. I compare it to when the Red Sox won the World Series. I asked them, did that take off some of the nastiness of the Boston fan? And they said yes. And we miss that nastiness. We miss reaching into the pit of despair and bringing that out in the fans. And there's such despair in Eagles fans. Souls that can only be eradicated by a Super Bowl victory. All right, so what What if they don't win? I mean, we're talking about how great it's going to be if they yeah. win. What if they don't win? It'll be, it'll be tremendously disappointing. However, the prevailing thought, which we probably had back in 2004, that we've got a quarterback who's a superstar, a bunch of young players, a, young, a coach who's only, only in his second year. We've got a, a set of uh, personnel people who are really bringing in good character players, that the future is very bright, that the Eagles should be one of the elite franchises in the league for years to come. But there will be a tremendous amount of disappointment, not anger, but disappointment after a loss. No, I mean, look, I could easy for me to say that if they don't win, it's going to be fine, but the way this thing is set up, they've set this thing up beautifully. The fact that they're even here is almost a miracle. What went through your mind when Wentz went down and he did not get up? Did that not feel like the most Philly thing ever? Yeah, for sure, and 
the, the ironic, ironic part of that is it happened on the day that the Eagles clinched their first playoff berth since 2013. So we're leaving L.A., the quarterback's getting on the team, playing on crutches, everybody's celebrating for the moment because we won the NFC East. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, my gosh, no Carson Wentz. How's this going to work? And you know what? Here, Jim, this is why the Eagles are so likable internally. Andy Reid would have come in and been very pragmatic and very, you know, very just same level, humdrum, even keel. Doug was even more upbeat. Hey, we're going to overcome this challenge. We're going to all do this together. The fans are going to play a part in this. We're going to get home field advantage, and we're going to need you. And so the fans feel invested in it. And, uh, yeah, when Carson went down, it was a major blow. The head coach never let that show. Do you think the players who've seen everything and done everything, you think they bought that? I think they did because there's a tremendous, and I, this sounds hokey, and I know it. I know it does. The chemistry in this locker room is unlike anything I've ever seen. In 04, it was T.O. on one side, Donovan on the other side. Here, it's I'm telling you, they love each other, man. Dude, what was that like? What was that like in 04? It was great. It was great. See, T.O. is obviously a human. I have a, I have a, I'm, I'm one of the people who thinks that he should not be in the Hall of Fame. I have a should not be. Amount of, yeah, I, I don't like what he did for football teams. I think he's a product of, of. Inflated statistics. I think he's a tremendous talent, but I also think he tore franchises apart. He tore ours apart. And he, the organization bent over backwards for that guy, and he just never and, – and he had Eagles fans, the most hard-scrabble people in the world, singing T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O, and then he just blew it. I've never seen a guy go from the mountaintop to the gutter so quickly. So I, I'm not – it was a tough experience. He was toxic. He was extremely toxic. I'd never seen anybody that, like that in the locker room. How? How? Like talking behind people's back, never taking accountability, um, never appreciating what people did for him, not being a team guy. It was about him. Uh huh. And that this is a team sport. We're in a team business. You got to be selfless. And he's anything but. All right. So when you saw Nick Foles struggle the way he did in the regular season, what were you thinking at that point? Uh, understood what the Eagles were doing. He had not taken any reps in training camp. He had a sore elbow. Had taken zero reps in practice all season. The backup doesn't take any reps. Figured that if the Eagles could get a... And it was really only one game. It was the Oakland game on Christmas when it was about four degrees out. Derek Carr sucked too. Nick played poorly. The offense couldn't do anything. I thought it was an overreaction, but I thought the Eagles needed to really treat that bye week the way that they did, as it turns out. Treated it like a training camp, little OTA session, got him back to basics, revamped the playbook a bit, and here we go. We're in the, in the Super Bowl. Okay, so in terms of revamping the playbook, I mean, talk about what Peterson and Frank Reich have done to get this guy going the way they have because he looks different, the offense looks different. Exactly what did they do to get him going? So they got a little bit more going with the RPO, which is a new fancy-schmancy term in the NFL, right. the run-pass option, where he makes a decision. Is he going to hand the ball off or is he going to throw the football? Got him a short pass, got him into the rhythm against Atlanta with the short passing game. Then against the Vikings, great offensive line, running game goes early, and Nick starts attacking down the field. I think really this is one of the magic things of a good head coach and his relationship with his players. They know that Doug has confidence in them, and they play more freely, more loose. And uh, in Nick's case, honestly, Jim, that NFC Championship game, anybody who watched it will know. Vikings get the ball, they go down the field, they score. The Eagles offense goes three and out. Then the interception return for a touchdown changed everything. And everybody could just breathe again. No, so if did. Nick Foles can breathe on Sunday with a good offensive line, with a lot of weapons around him, 
man, we're going to be really hard to beat. What about him breathing on Sunday? I mean, you've spent some time with him this week. Hey, can I go back to that game for a minute? I, yeah. For the life of me, how did Peterson have the confidence in Foles when he's just RPOing, nickel-diming to take the shots downfield that he did against a really good Viking defense? Right? I mean, I, that's, that was the whole I'm upset. shocked of, by the whole thing. That was the whole upset of the game, that the Ooh. Eagles were able to be vertical like that right? against the number one defense. That he defense had confidence in, in him to do that. To throw the, throw okay, the what about the mindset, though? To your point, the mindset. You spent some time with him. He did this in that game. Is he going to have to do it again for them to win? Yes. And what do you think his mindset is going into the biggest game ever? Attack the New England Patriots. Don't be afraid of New England. Play to your strengths. And the strengths of this team offensively, the line of scrimmage is very strong. They've got good weapons in the pass game. They feel they have an advantage outside against the Patriots. Cornerbacks, wide receivers, I think they're going to attack him. I think the Eagles are going to throw the ball down the field. And I think that's what exactly what this Eagles team needs, to come out early and play with confidence. They didn't do it in 2004. They turned the ball over three times. They lost the game. This time you come out, you have fun, and you go after the Patriots. Hey, Dave, what about uh, this whole underdog notion? How much does Vegas, how much has Vegas fueled this run? Amazing, right? I mean, right? amazing. Getting the, the fact that the Eagles were the underdogs to the Atlanta Falcons changed the mindset of everyone, including the fans. Talk about getting pissed off. The fans were, felt they were being disrespected. There was a local columnist, Philadelphia Inquirer, Mike Sealski, great guy, good writer, all that, but he wrote a column that said, home field advantage won't be much of an advantage for the Eagles. Uh. And he got roasted, roasted. And then the Eagles fans turned around and delivered a kind of environment atmosphere that was unbelievable i'd never seen it in my entire 30 years the authorities say they've come up with something other than crisco in the <laughs> event that there's a win they're not saying what it is stun so guns have something <laughs> do you look you're wired you're yeah. wired you have some intel and some insight what are they planning on using besides crisco honestly it works better added police security right all over the place guys have a good time celebrate your asses off enjoy the moment don't be stupid and so they don't want anybody going up on a light pole and hurting themselves. It does nothing. Right. What is the purpose of climbing to the top of a light so you can wave to your friends and then fall? So some guy can hit you with a flying gray goose bottle. You That's think what the security's for. tight around here, right? Yeah, right. In Philly, on Sunday night, it will be very, very... The, the, the streets will be swarming with the Philadelphia's finest, making sure that everyone enjoys the celebration or respects the New England Patriots. All right, so Lasso, you're very close to it. Just yeah. step off this for one minute. You're hoping something very good is going to happen, or, man, deep in your gut you feel like, yeah. we got this? Well, we no, got I, don't, this. I don't think you can ever go into a game against the Patriots saying, you've got this. I think you go in saying, the Eagles are capable of playing a great game. They match up really well at the line of scrimmage. The only places where you don't say they match up well is quarterback and head coach, and that's a huge difference, significant difference. If the Eagles can close that gap, I mean, they're going to be really hard to beat. This is a damn good football team. Fly, Listen, Eagles, fly. If fly, Eagles, fly. If there's an Eagle fan, I know they already know where to find you. Yeah. If there's somebody else who wants more information, what is the best way to find you? Because basically you've become a content machine, and you've got to feed that beast. I'm the Eagles Insider, Dave Spadero, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, at Eagles Insider on Twitter. And uh, we do a little spud cam thing, a little video piece that goes on YouTube on the Eagles channel. So you'll find me. Just take a look. Bam. There it is. Ep 22 from the road. You can't knock that hustle, and you can't say that you're not totally prepped up now on every single storyline from both sides. That matters going into Sunday. This was different for us, but that's what having a podcast is all about. 
If you were into all the intel that you just received, go give Dan Shaughnessy and Dave Spadaro a follow on Twitter. Let them both know what you thought. And if you want to hit all three of us with your predictions on the game or your reactions to our takes, go ahead and do that too. Meantime, I'm going to finish up on the road this week bang out a special edition Sunday show on CBS Sports Radio this weekend and then head back for the quick turnaround on Monday where you can watch the jungle return to SoCal on CBS Sports Network. Still plenty to get done, no time to kick back, so keep it locked to the podcast and the jungle every single day from noon until 3, 9 to noon Pacific. Catch you right back here on Tuesday the 6th for F23. Until then, I'm out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.